tuning in to Hot Takes with Boss. So today I have a special treat for you all today. I have my brother, my business partner, uh, coach, trainer, speaker extraordinaire, Kenston Henderson. I'll let him introduce himself in a minute, but we're going to be talking about something that's popular in, in today's culture and in, in business, but uh, what I'm excited about Kenston for is that he is not only an expert in this topic, but uh, he is a he practices how to train leaders to be better at what we're going to talk about today. But before we get to the topic, I'm going to let Kenston introduce himself. Hey, hey, everybody. Uh, Kenston here. Um, as my brother introduced me to uh, introduce me, um, just a little bit about myself. Been in HR for over 16 and a half years now. Um, you know, coaching and uh, developing leaders uh, through many different aspects of HR. So from recruitment to benefits uh, and to training and development, uh, which is really my sweet spot uh, where I thrive the most in, in all aspects of HR. Uh, thankfully, with all the, the madness that's taking place now in the world, I don't have to deal with employees in that matter of uh, answering questions of why they can't uh, spray Lysol on their uh, their coworkers or their boss that that's coughing. So, um, but other than that, just love developing people, love inspiring um, and empowering people, equipping people with the right necessary tools to be uh, their very best. So, good stuff. And so, what I want and what I, again, why I'm excited is because Kidston is going to help us talk through the topic of unconscious bias, also known as unconscious so social cognition, implicit bias, and all these other jazzy things that the, the world is commenting on today. And so just as a kickoff, Kissing, what, what does unconscious bias mean to you? Uh, so unconscious bias is it, it just really simply in simple terms is really doing things without knowing that you're doing them, um, you know, um, and so if I could flip it, to flip the turn to, to implicit bias real quick, example I always give as implicit is something implied but not plainly stated, and uh, the example I give is, is really, you know, um, you know, I got married recently and came home from a long day of work and and I dropped my clothes on the ground to put on my, my, my relaxed clothes. And I seen out of the corner of my eye, my wife was looking at me uh, and she looked me up and down. It was almost like a, <laughs> and so she implied that I better pick up those clothes. And without even saying a word, I knew what she meant. Um, she didn't plainly say, state it though. So. You know, I got the point and, and I, I made it happen. But that's really what implicit is, is is not plainly stated, but the bias comes into what, you know, our, I, I say it comes from our experiences of life. And so we make decisions based on biases, our prejudices that either um, are favorable or unfavorable. And, and yeah. so that's what we have um, as yeah. unconscious is decisions that we make without even knowing uh, or thinking much about them, but sure. we're making sure. decisions like that every day. Yeah, I'm glad that you pointed out that that favorable 
and unfavorable, yeah. right? It's it's yeah. not a positive or a negative um, yeah. and where we need to, and I believe we all need to begin that from a conversation standpoint is, um, what are the definitions of why the biases exist? And again, one, and I believe once we identify where that stuff comes from, we could begin to really have a conversation of understanding um, and not judgment. Uh, and, and again, you know, me and Kenson, we grew up in the same house, but he experienced our parents differently. And what that means from an unconscious standpoint are there are some things as the youngest of seven that he naturally does just by the way he was raised and then me being the oldest boy but also one of the younger siblings i process things differently um in 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 how i navigate this world and then what we've done up to this point comes into play right mm-hmm. me coming from a military background as everybody else is going crazy with coronavirus and and freaking out i'm chill like at least ain't nobody shooting at us all right, and you, yeah. everybody buying up toilet paper for thirty people, right? And and it's two of us in the household, and so it's it's like, all right, I'm I've been in the woods with MREs and you know a little Leaves. piece of toilet paper, right, and leaves, right? Like yeah, I'm like, well, guess we got to rub it, and, you know, as long as we still got running water, I can clean up behind. Like that's, but but based on where you are in the world, what part of the world you're coming from, that un what things that you're just quickly using to process information that's what gets us in trouble and so i think um kissa what do you think about people who just literally operate from that fast brain i am who i am perspective yeah Yeah. i mean anybody who's operating from a fast brain like i said the the, it's who i am and i'm not changing they're prone to so much error they're prone to have so many uh oopses and so many cleanups in al one two three four five and six um that they shouldn't they need to wake up quickly um, because who are they hurting in the midst of them not taking inventory not thinking through things before they actually speak or take action um you know it's so funny because i can recall a time you know being going to osu when we were at in college and you know you know one of the one of those times one of those few times that we lost to a team up north i mean pandemonial happened uh to the point where you know the bias was unfavorable towards people who from the team up north and yeah but people took that bias too far by either flipping cars or burning couches. That's, that's bias gone wrong. And, and, and so, um, but those are the people who didn't think about those actions. They didn't think about the actions before they actually took action based on those biases. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think particularly from some of the biggest topics that have been out there from a bias standpoint, a lot of things that come up, um with organizations who and we're talking about it from a very practical standpoint right but but we both have experienced um it coming from a very hurtful place as well um and and i constantly tell people about the situation where i have been biased against young african-american men as if they didn't have enough people um, putting them in a box but it came from an experience that I had mm. with my wife being carjacked. And yeah. even though 
yeah. once upon a time, I didn't have all this gray in my beard. I was a young African-American man yeah. in Cincinnati, Ohio, at a church convention <laughs> with my brother, cousins, and friends being stopped by police. Yeah. Like, I remember that. Like, and, and, and here I am doing the same thing to these young men who are a part of my community, but it was based yeah. on an experience. And, yeah. and, and it's a real experience for me. Yeah. But, but what I tell people is if you don't do the work and you brought it up, if yeah. you don't do the work to call things out and become aware, you can again, just navigate through life holding onto these biases and if you you do it enough times it's a confirmation it turns into a confirmation bias where you turn in and you do a thing and you begin mm -hmm. rationalizing and justifying yeah. how you are what you do because you're not willing to do the work or yeah. believe that you could be thinking about this world differently um and and just from that standpoint it's yeah. like what are, what are some of the things that you experience or some of the things you train and yeah. help people with yeah again i you know every class that i do at the beginning i'm I'm asking them to you know put their cell phones on selfie mode and and look directly in the camera and and for these next this next hour two hours three hours i want you to only search your own heart search and evaluate your own heart and 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 look at every you know uh, good bias, uh, unfavorable bias, and if it's unfavorable, if it's a bad bias, then we need to make some adjustments um, before this class is over with. Um, and so, just again, just self-reflecting because in classes, people are so quick to point or even yeah. think about another coworker who sh who they think should be in the class yeah. instead of focusing on themselves. And so, I, I try to put them in the um, in the seat of um, where they have to look at themselves. I yeah, mean, it's, yeah, I love it's, that. Because love we got that. to, because people, if we don't, um, as facilitators and speakers, if we don't help them, uh, they will not see any wrong. Yeah. They will not see that that bias is, is in error. Yeah. You know, for a long time, you know, as, as you included, someone, uh, for a long time, we lived on the north side, and in the Northern Lights location, there was a big uh, West African uh, population, you know, Somali. And, and for the longest, all I heard was they're bad drivers, they're bad drivers, they're bad drivers, they don't know how to drive, they don't know how to drive. And after a while, you know, I was like, nah, they're, they're not that bad, you know, I can, I can get through it. But in the back of my head, I'm still hearing everybody say they're bad drivers bad drivers to the point when i had my first car accident and it happened to be a, a somali and so it confirmed <laughs> the bias that was uh, that was spoken to me that was put in me and now it confirmed it like and i'm like now i'm on the bandwagon to say they all can't drive nobody can drive yeah you know and to the point until i looked at myself in the mirror and said, Ken, so you can't put everybody in a box because you got yeah. an accident one time. It was raining. It was dark. You know, yeah. I, had to, I had to think, re, re, re go through the whole accident like that yeah. and to say no. And I refuse to say that anymore. I refuse to allow anyone else to say that anymore because they're yeah. part of our community. Sure. 
for sure. No, that's that's huge, right? Like you you point into again, what if you had a situation where something you were treating or had anxiety around or there was this false evidence that now appeared to be real um, in your life. And now you have these little breadcrumbs that all your life you've been looking, you've been looking, you've been looking. And I liken it to the the monkeys in the the banana tree, right? Mm -hmm. Where all the monkeys, you know, by the end of the story, there were no monkeys left that actually had the experience being shocked by the banana tree. Mm-hmm. But because there was so much social conditioning yeah. from all those other monkeys that did have the experience, right? It's, again, it's 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 us as African American men in America. Yes, civil rights happened. I have my experiences being stopped in Kentucky, aka Kentucky, and in fearing and having the image of my father on Ohio Highway 23, taking my sister back to college and being pulled over by a cop for speeding and watching my father's mannerisms and that burned into my head of what, like, why was he at 10 and two? Like, why didn't he make any sudden movements? Like what, like I'm in the back of the car watching this, like along with my siblings and I'm like, and and it wasn't until I started doing this self-awareness work, like, what did I just, what did I just watch? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and in, in most cases, it's, it's what us in our community called the talk. And 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 our parents again. It wasn't that they probably didn't know how to have the talk, right? Because they didn't want it to be a thing. They didn't want it to be reality. That I have to teach you to survive when being pulled over, or because there are people with these biases and different things like that. Yeah. And yeah. if it wasn't for friends and other people that did get the talk, that shared the talk, um, and different things like that, like where would I be? Like right? Like yeah. would I be? thinking that I have just as many rights as a white peer to confront the cops, to why are you pulling me over, to questioning, and do I end up another statistic on the news? Because the the talk didn't get directly shared with me. And I think from a very holistic approach of unconscious bias, it should not be something that's steeped in fear. It should be something steeped in full-blown education and understanding of how do we begin to have the conversation? I know you have something, you have an amazing uh, TEDx talk around beginning to have the talk um, from a very macro level. So so go in a little bit of that. Yeah, so, you know, based on my, my TEDx, you know, it was created because, again, everybody in this world has biases. If you're a human being, you have biases. But it's up to us to to really subconsciously uh, look at them, deal with them, address them, and have uncomfortable conversations. Truly being okay to say, you know what, I, I don't know if this is borderline this or if this is something, but asking the question, being curious to ask the question. For example, you know, because the premise is being able to have uncomfortable conversations in an environment, a healthy environment. Mm-hmm. And three things have to be in the environment for it to be well, respect, empathy, and maturity. Mm-hmm. That's the ways that you can have a, a so uncomfortable conversation. Um, for example, what you just brought up as far as the 10 and two, 
you know, to, to our listeners, uh, to the listeners who, who are uh, white uh, American, um, have the conversation of what do you mean um, you have to hold your hands at 10 and 2 when you get pulled over by a cop? So that way we can share the experience with you, our experience with you. You can empathize with us. You can respect us um, and be mature enough to, to hear it, be mature enough to listen and, and not just say, no, that doesn't happen. Or it, 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 no, you don't have to do that. You know, my, my cousin is, is this, my cousin is that. But again, you're not, you haven't lived our life. Yeah. And you, and you shouldn't try to tell us or try to convince us of our lived experiences. For sure. For sure. But, no, go ahead. Go ahead. But now I'm just saying, I'm just saying. But again, the TEDx is about, again, fostering com- uncomfortable conversations yeah. in a way that true, you know, true, um, you know, success can happen um, if we let it. Yeah. Yeah, no, what, what else comes up for me as you explain the, the, that RIM model of respect, empathy, and maturity, it, it also comes to um, being respectful of trying to understand the types of social conditioning that are happening with our youth today, which is a huge thing. Like any child born after 2001 um, is being called Generation Z. And this generation, if we really peeled it back, they've been born into 100% chaos from day one. If, if we go off of social media, this generation, um, and which in some studies extended uh, to the end of the 90s, um, Generation Z being born from 98 to say now, they're now your interns in your organization. They're now your, your juniors and seniors in college. They're coming into the workforce where they have not known the, what it feels like not to have access to information. And where when we were in college undergrad, we're paying per copy. Um, it, we didn't own a laptop. Uh, it, we went to computer labs, and, but they have a device from the moment they can breathe um, that's at their disposal. And so they've been inundated with all this information. And so as an African-American male and, and minority in this world today, you have access not only of your family social conditioning, but electronically being conditioned to society. Um, and there are high levels of anxiety and things are not only becoming unconscious anymore, they're becoming very conscious to the extent that these perceived realities are causing people anxiety mm-hmm. and mental illnesses on the rise of our youngsters. Like, like in which for me as a leadership coach and trainer, how, how do we help these kids deal with the conscious and the unconscious uh, realities that they live in? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as for as for us, as for leaders um, in organizations who are, who are doing this this work, is is really pulling them in, you know, taking them taking them in under our wings as as mentees, and you know, establishing a, a mentorship program to help develop them. 
uh, to help them see, you know, and this is, this is where it goes to the, the transfer of, of not power, but the transfer of information, uh, transfer, yeah. transfer of uh, education uh, to make sure that we're giving them the, the tools, equipping them with the tools to be successful when everything is again at the at the at their hands you're right yeah. and they're at their hands but you know it's all around every yeah. social media brings a, a a different aspect to it to the yeah. conversation yeah 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 so so if you had Kinston, if you have a new leader um or you had somebody out there that's trying to approach and, and begin to have very conscious conversations um, as pertains to, to something like implicit bias, unconscious bias. Um, how do you recommend, what do you recommend people do? Yeah, so um, if I have a young leader? Period, be, it could okay. be young, it could be old, it could be inexperienced, yeah. right? Okay, yeah, is, is I will simply, we will first have a one-on-one -on -one conversation you know, and, and, and lay it out on the table. Again, doing what we just did is, is going through very, um, very, I don't want to say remedial, but about breaking it down with implicit, bi implicit biases and unconscious bias is, and then how have they seen it in their careers? Have they, how have they seen it in their lives, their personal lives? How have they seen it in their community? Um, what decisions have they made as it relates to, if, you know, if it's in our world of HR, what decisions have they made based on, uh, you know, them hiring people, you know, recruitment. You know, I, when we do workshops, we talk to recruiters about the decisions that they make on their candidates um, because those biases come into play hmm. uh, when they're making those decisions, right? You know, one yeah. quick example could be um, me going to the Ohio State University and I receive a resume for someone who's from the team up north, Michigan. Um, there could be a, a toss-up of if I don't check my bias, where I'm like, mm, he went to the team up north. Resume to the side. Yeah. Um, but because I'm conscious and I'm aware, and I'm going to be like, okay, let's go with the best candidate. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so really just bringing it down and, and so that that leader gets it and presented in a way, packaged it in a way that it's not all spooky and it's not all scary and it's not all yeah. uncomfortable. Again, yeah. I got biases, you got bias. We all got biases, um, but it's what we do with them that matters, that yeah. counts. Yeah, I'm glad and I'm glad you, 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 you kind of uh, culminated with that uh, statement right there because again, at the end of the day, um, let's kill the elephant in the room. We all got yeah. biases. And yeah. so nobody is immune to it. Um, and once you understand that nobody's immune to it, you can begin to do work on whatever yours are. Yeah. Um, and I think when you start throwing out words like authenticity, it's in the admission of there are things that haven't been uncovered that I have a bias about. And it's not until I'm introduced to those things and then somebody and and I love the way that you said it's it we always try to liken conversations to we need to be uncomfortable or courageous in our conversations but there needs to be a a movement towards is it uncomfortable or necessary mm -hmm. right we need to get it get comfortable with the idea of 
having necessary Necessary. conversations because when just saying the word out loud, uncomfortable Mm -hmm. makes you react to the word, right? It's it. And again, when unconscious bias and implicit bias was introduced to the world was the last election. And so who puckers up? Who, where do, where do people's brains immediately go? Oh, you you gonna call me a racist. Obviously, oh, you calling me? No, like, okay, depending on how you make your peanut butter and jelly sandwich, if the peanut butter ain't on top, when you hand it to me, I think, I think you, you part devil worshiper. Right, so it's it's yeah. <laughs> you know so butter on pop tarts. Do you put but putting butter on pop tarts? Right, <laughs> don't judge us. Don't judge me. Right, you know what I'm saying. But it's but it's one of those things, right? That I think this topic needs to be one of those topics that we do not let die. Yeah, we do not take off the table. Yeah. And 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 again, my my. My wife Dupree always messing with me, talking about Yahweh, talking about values. Well, that's where everything starts. Yeah. If, if you tell me you you respect me, if you tell me you are appreciative of me, if you tell me you love work ethic and openness and all these things, if that's a business value for you, then don't tell me you don't have time to have these conversations because they are necessary, because you have a new wave of employee of leader coming in that has an expectation that you do this stuff well. And so yeah. Kenson, I, I can't thank you enough, man, for taking yeah. a couple minutes out of your day, man, to come rap with me a little bit um, and jump on jump on the podcast and his video uh, vlog. And, and so how can people find you? Well, it's been a pleasure. First of all, thank you for having me, uh, bro. And um, no, it is it is a goal of mine to to help, like I said, leaders and organizations have these necessary conversations. Anybody, like you said, anybody who has you know diversity and inclusion or inclusion and diversity, uh, equity uh, in their values, they need to call us. They need to contact us. Um, you know, the way people can get in contact with me is through. Uh, my website, Live With Life, and that's L-Y-F-E dot com. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Live With Life, Instagram, Live With Life. Uh, email is Kinston at livewithlife dot com. Um, but definitely, let's let's keep having this conversation, but let's keep putting some action behind it. Uh, yeah. Leaders, it's okay to have these conversations, especially, again, uh, we're two facilitators, speakers, that will create a space where it's all good. Like uh, we will get through it together. Um, but to not have it, you're doing more damage. Definitely, definitely, yeah. And uh, like, like you all, like I ended, ended my TED TEDx talk in, in Youngstown. Actions over ideas always win. And so you know where to find me: www.bossconsultingllc.net, and you can email me at Lawrence at bossconsultingllc.net. And so until next time, folks, be courageous, be intentional. Have a great one, everybody.